0: And how many here came ready to hear the Word of God? If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 42. Isaiah, chapter 42. In verse 13, the Bible says this. It says, The Lord will march out like a champion. How I many know our Lord as a champion? It says, like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this beautiful day that you have made. Lord, we pray right now, Father, Lord, that we will find joy and gladness in it, Father, because of who we serve of who you are. Lord, you are fighting our battles. Lord, you are making a way for us where there is no way. Father, you are protecting us. You are strengthening us. You are guiding us. Lord, you are equipping us every step of the way. Lord, we know that you are faithful to your word. Father, we give you all the honor and all the glory. Touch hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says... Amen and amen. I entitled this message this morning, Live Like a Champion. Live like a champion. This morning, I want to talk to you about developing the attitude of a champion. And this is what God's word seeks for us, is to have this attitude of a champion. Why? Why? Because you serve a God who never loses. He doesn't lose. God is always victorious in everything that He does. Everything He does wins. That's all He does is wins. And so because our Father never loses, because our Father is always, is always victorious, we are His children, Amen. And that means that the battles that he faces and that he wins, amen, those are our victories as well. As Jesus conquered death on Calvary's cross, we were victorious as well, weren't we? Amen? How many of you were victorious because of Jesus' victory over death and sin? You were. You're able to be here this morning because you have the victory. Maybe you woke up this morning thinking, man, I have the victory in the name of Jesus. Praise God for that. Maybe it took you coming to church, amen, and to, and to get into the prayer room to say, you know what, I have the victory in the name of Jesus. Maybe it went a little further than that. Maybe, maybe it took you being here in the service to, uh, this morning to actually hear God's word or maybe to, 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 uh, to, to worship God in order for you to have the victory. But God wants you to know this morning that you do have the victory in Jesus' name. The battle has been won in Jesus' name, amen? How many of you are excited about that? How many of you are ready to have the attitude of a champion, amen? Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 31. Because I want to set the platform before I get into this a little deeper here. That way you you don't get misguided or or I'm not misunderstood. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1.31, he says, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. See, the attitude of a champion is not for self-promotion. And this is what I want to make clear before we go any further. That what I'm going to talk about is not going to be for self-glorification. It's not to say, look at me, Look at my accomplishments and look at my achievements. That's not what God is talking about. And that's not what God wants us to have in regards to an attitude. Because, I mean, oh, that's, a, that's a poor attitude, isn't it? To say, oh, look at what I've accomplished and look at me and look at me and look at me. You know, we see this many times in sports, don't we? I always love watching those clips of the, of the NFL wide receiver, or whoever has the ball, and they're running, they're running down to the end zone, and it's about the 10-yard line, and they slow down. They slow down, and they put their hands up like they're, like they're about to score. What they didn't realize was that the defender was chasing them all along the way. And now, because he slowed down, the defender was able to tackle him on the one-yard line. And then the ball comes out of his hands. You see, this is what happens when we focus on self. This is what happens exactly in our lives when we say, "Well, look at what I did. See, because we know what's next after that, we know it's the humbling, don't we? I guarantee you that NFL wide receiver or whatever position he played while he was carrying the ball to the end zone or trying to was very humbled by that experience. And I guarantee you, it'll never happen again. It'll never happen again. Why? Because I'm sure that coach tore into him, or he was even kicked off the team. It's an experience that you will, a mistake you will not do twice. See, and the attitude that we are to have is that knowing an attitude of knowing that we can't do it alone. When it comes to the attitude of a champion, we know that we need others, amen, to see, to see successes and to experience these things in our lives. We can't do it on our own. Paul also writes in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3. Once again, laying the foundation for this sermon this morning, he says, Don't try to impress others. He says, Be humble. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, Be humble. See, and this is exactly what I want to get across before we go any further this morning. Because the attitude of a champion cannot contain any want for self promotion, it cannot, it will not succeed. So point number one this morning, hopefully you are taking notes. Point number one is that champions expect to win. This is so very true. The champion attitude, they go into whatever they are doing with the expectation of seeing success. With the expectation of Winning. I'm a very, I'm very competitive when it comes to sports. I am. If you've ever played sports with me, you know there's a lot of trash talking going on because I'm very competitive. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I, I wanna get you to think that you're gonna lose. This is the way sports are, right? There's only one winner, right? Yes, there's only one winner in sports. There's no participation awards, you know, in sports. There's one winner. That's what I grew up understanding. And so when it came to sports, I was very competitive, still am today. I see that in my daughter now. The, the, the competitiveness and just the, the, the we, don't, we, don't, we don't take second place. There's not going to be any second place. That doesn't even exist but that's an attitude that you have to have in order to see victories. And it's not about how good I am, but it's saying, no, no, I'm going in this to win it. I'm not walking away without being victorious. When the the champion attitude walks on a court or on a field they expect to win. I think of what the Lord told Joshua in Joshua 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 3. And he tells Joshua these words, and he says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like a sure thing. Doesn't it? That sounds like, like like, victory is imminent. It's going to happen. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. God's, the Lord says to Joshua, wherever your feet step, it is going to be yours. Can you imagine how many steps we'd be taking? Can you imagine how fast we'd be walking if God says, wherever you step, it'll be yours? Oh, you wouldn't even be walking. You'd be running, wouldn't you? Because you would say, oh, I I need to get as much as I can. God says that wherever my feet step is going to be mine. I'm going to see victory. So we we need to move as soon as possible. We need to gain as much ground as we possibly can. See, the attitude of a champion, they win in their minds first. Before even receiving any trophies or awards, they have to win in their mind. Before they cross that finish line, they have to win here first. Because if you don't win here, then you're not going to win in real life. Why? Because you, if you can't, if you can't imagine it, then you have just set yourself up for many times failure. So we have to, we have to plant that vision here and make sure that you see yourself being victorious, and make sure that you see God parting those ways in your life. He's parting those Red Seas, amen? I mean, no, he's, he's still a miracle worker, amen? He is still the creator of everything. And he still moves in the supernatural, Those are supernatural things that God does in our lives. See, Joshua had to believe the words of the Lord. Yes, the Lord told him, Joshua, wherever you step foot will be your ground. But Joshua had to go a little further and to actually believe it. Hmm, that's a good concept, Lord. Sounds good. I mean, who would refuse it? Can you imagine? Wherever I step foot, it's mine, God says. Hmm. And he's contemplating in his head. And he's thinking about it. And then he decides to take that step in faith. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's get going. You see, you have to believe it in your mind first. You see, champions are convinced that they will finish first, whereas the others hope to finish first. That's the difference. I think of what the Bible says, that hope is the confident what? Anyone know how to finish that one? Hope is the confident assurance, the confident assurance. Two words that just scream confidence right there. Two words that, that let you know that hey, this is going to happen. You can trust in this. Faith, confident assurance, our faith in the Lord, our hope in the Lord, we know that he will not fail us. We know that what he says is true. And we are convinced, we are convinced that God is going to do exactly what he has set out to do. God wants us to reach a place in our walk with him where we can enjoy his blessings. Where we are not always defeated and where we walk in victory in the Lord. How many know that God didn't save us to be defeated? <laughs> he didn't save you and I so that we can live a life of defeat. Defeat. He saved us so that we could experience victory. Do you understand that? Are you grasping that? See, God saved us so that we could enjoy a life of abundance and victory. As he says in John 10, 10, he says, I have come that they may have life. Jesus came to bring life. He says, and that they may have it more abundantly. God says, I see how you're living right now, but I want you to live abundantly. I want you, I want your life to be overflowing. To be overflowing. Why? So that, so that you know, you could just be surrounded, you know, by the, by the overflowing uh, goodness of God. No, so that you can give to others, amen? So that you can bless someone else. As your life overflows, it overflows into others' lives around you, amen? Whoever is surrounded by you, they are also affected by the overflowing blessings of God in your life. As God overflows your life with peace, Amen. Those around you are going to experience God's peace in the name of Jesus. The joy that is overflowing in your life, those around you are going to experience that joy. Because it's going to be contagious. It's going to, in the name of Jesus, overtake all those negative things that are being said around you. See, we must be committed and disciplined. Sports requires precision. I think of a pitcher. Do you know how much precision it takes to pitch a perfect game? That's why they call it a perfect game. No one gets on base. 27 up, 27 down. That's a perfect game, no hits, no walks. Can you imagine the precision? How about maybe, we, do we have any bowlers here this morning? Bowling a 300 game? If you don't know what that is, 12 strikes in a row? How about any pool sharks in here? If, you, if you've ever played snookers, getting a maximum of of 147. It's a perfect game. And the list goes on of these these instances in sports that many have not achieved because it takes such commitment and precision. It's It's not an easy task. You know, sports alone is not an easy task, but then to go above and beyond and do something that stands out amongst the rest. It takes discipline. It takes a lot of practice. See, there's no room for error in a perfect game. There isn't. If there is any error, then it's not going to be perfect. Do you understand that? We serve a precise and perfect God. You do. We do. Just look at your own life. The way your body functions, it's perfect. Everything everything operates the way God intended it to operate. Maybe there's things that may be happening in your body right now, but it's probably because of things that you've put into your body. (laughs) God is precise. We think of creation. God's a precise God. He says, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell the ocean where to stop. Have you ever been in the ocean? we had just went like maybe like a, a few weeks back and over to huntington beach and and, and it was i mean th- it was it was pretty rough out there not to mention really really cold and so we're in there and man we're just getting beat down by these waves it was one after another just constant sets of waves and you know maybe you know these are probably like you know maybe like what four you know, maybe at the most five-footers. And I'm thinking, man, we're getting, we're getting beat down by a four-foot wave. Four feet tall. What is that? About somewhere about right here, maybe? Like that? It's minuscule compared to all the body of water on this earth. Can I control those waves? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I can't tell it to stop and then it stops. You know, stop, I can't breathe. I'm drowning. Stop. It's not going to stop for me. But the Bible says that God has commanded, has commanded the water of where to stop. That's amazing. That's amazing. He's a precise God. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 14, he says, small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Why? Because we serve a precise God. He says, only few will find it. But God says, I wish that none would perish. Remember that? Remember when he said that? I wish that none would perish. He said, but narrow is the road. And if you decide to take it, I promise to help you every step of the way. But that's the thing. You have to decide to take it. God says the choice is yours. But I am a precise God. And in order, in order to be with me in paradise then you need to be obedient to my word. Number two, champions grow from the small wins and defeats. Emphasis on and. Because some of you may see wins and think, oh yes, I want to win. Win, win, win. How many know that that's not always going to happen? See, by celebrating the small wins, champions gain the confidence to go after the big wins. And these big wins or victories or success happen through the accumulation of many small wins. Just like in sports, you have your regular season. And the regular season, you have to win games in order to get to the big game. It's all those small wins, those minuscule wins sometimes that gets you to the point of being able to win everything in Joshua chapter 7 this is this took place right after the Lord gave Joshua and the Israelites Victory over the walls of Jericho remember that when they marched around the city seven days The walls came down six days and the seventh day the walls came down What a glorious Sight that must have been So this is right after their victory over the walls of Jericho. Joshua 7, verse 2 says, Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east of Bethel, and told them, Go up and spy out the region. And so the men went up and spied Ai. I think that's how it's pronounced. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the army will have to go up against, against Ai. He says, Not all the army will have to go up. This is Joshua. Or this is them telling Joshua. And so Joshua sends, they, they, they say this, send two or 3,000 men to take it and do not worry the whole army for only a few people live there. They were saying, don't send everyone because we only need a certain amount of men to be victorious. We got this. And so about 3,000 went up. But they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till... Evening. Verse number 10, the Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? You see, champions don't become complacent. This is what took place. They became complacent. They saw a great victory of the, of the, the walls of Jericho coming down. And right after this victory, they thought that they were, they had it all together. No one could take us down. All we need is this many men and we got this. It's ours only to face defeat. Joshua became complacent thinking that the battle would be no problem for them. See, although we may love to win, although I love to win, we will experience defeat as well. It's inevitable. I'd be lying to you if I said this morning, champions always win. <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a bold-faced lie. I think of the, a couple of baseball greats, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, These men hit so many home runs in their career. Babe Ruth hit 714, Hank Aaron 755. That's a lot of home runs in a career. But you know what's crazy is that they had twice the amount of strikeouts in their career. Two times over their home runs, they were struck out. What does that tell you and I? Is that we're gonna face defeat. There's gonna be times that we may lose. And so don't don't get discouraged. Someone, Someone said this quote, they said, winning is great, sure, but if you are really going to do something in life, the secret is learning how to lose. God wants us to learn how to be a good sport in those times of losing. God wants us to learn, amen? He understands that we're going to fail at times. He says that we're gonna fall short. But he wants us to learn from those stumbles in life because we're going to experience them And if anyone says that you're always going to see victories, they're not telling you the truth. You got to understand this because it's going to help you in life. When when you do stumble, it's going to help you to get back up and say, man, you know what? Everyone stumbles. Everyone stumbles. What I need to do is get back up. I love what Michael Jordan said. He said, "Success doesn't stop when you get there." Many people think, "All right, you know, we've 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 achieved, and 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 that's it. You know, there's there's what else do we do?" And I'm sure, and I'm sure this is what what the Israelites were even thinking. You know, we were successful. Uh, now, where do we go from here? but God wants to keep giving you successes in your life. But he also wants us to learn from the defeats. Babe Ruth was once asked the following question. He said, they asked him, what do you do when you get in a batting slump? He he said these words, he says, I just keep going up there and keep swinging at them. He says, if I strike out two or three times in a game, or fail to get a hit for a week? Why should I worry? He said, let the pitchers worry. They're the guys who are gonna suffer later on. This is an attitude of a champion. This is an attitude of someone that says, yeah, yes, I'm gonna experience defeat, but I have a champion's attitude, and when I come back, when I get out of this slump, they need to watch out, amen? You, you know, you may, be, you may be in defeat right now, but you need to tell the enemy, oh, enemy, you have no idea what's coming. You have no idea because you may have lied to me back then, but you know what? I'm not believing those lies any longer. I'm following the word of the Lord, and you better watch out. We must be God-loyal people. Number three, champions stay committed. Joshua says in 24, 15, choose this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. <laughs> Man, that's straight up, <laughs> right? There's no, there's no, that wasn't any sugarcoating right there. <laughs> that wasn't to, to appease the people. He was saying, look, for me or against me, I'm serving the Lord. Now, if you want to join me in serving the Lord, then you can do that. But if you don't want to, then get out of my way because I'm moving forward. Get out of my way because I'm moving in victory. The attitude of a champion is a mission mindset. They spent too much time and effort just to accept defeat. They said, no, I put too much blood, sweat, and tears into this to just just take a back seat, to just, you know, warm the bench. I'm not a bench warmer, amen? Turn to your name and tell him I'm not a bench warmer. (laughs) How many first stringers do we have in here? I want to be a first stringer for the Lord. God, put me in the game. Put me in. You can use me. You know, fans sit on the sidelines. Spectators sit on this, on the sidelines, not the players. Uh uh-uh. uh. They're in the game. They're in it. They're 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 going after they're going after the W. Vince Lombardi once said this, he says, the quality of a person's life is in direct proportion to their commitment to excellence, regardless of their chosen field of endeavor. Doesn't matter what you're doing. That That attitude needs to go with you everywhere you go. Everything you do, that attitude needs to go right with you. You are committed to excellence. Number four, champions believe. They will experience more wins in the future. Amen. How many champions do we have in here this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. That was a lot more than earlier, so thank God for that. You, champion, you champions woke up this morning. I'm glad you did. Good morning. It's good to see you this, this beautiful Sunday morning. Rise and shine. You're on the winning team. See, their faith is greater than their fear. Their passion and purpose are greater than their challenges. In spite of their situation, champions believe that the best days are not behind, but they are ahead. Oh yeah, we had some big victories back in 1980. You should have seen us. Wow. You know, we were laying hands on people, and and all these things were happening. That's awesome. That's awesome. We see many people today as a result of what took place, you know, 40, you know, 100 years ago. But what is God doing right now in your life? What is God doing right now in your church? if you don't think you have what it takes to be a champion, think again. Why? Because champions aren't born. They're shaped. They're molded. The Bible says as iron sharpens iron, you can develop that mindset in your life. The mindset of those around you, you can influence those With the right thinking, beliefs, and expectations that lead to powerful actions. As our worship team comes forward this morning, the champion is able to see past the opposition. We were talking with well, this month in, on, for our midweek services on Wednesdays, we're talking about David. One of those things was how David faced Goliath. He had to see past the opposition, but the opposition was a lot taller than him. How do you see past that? Well, he saw, he saw a, 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 a beast of a man, but he saw an even greater God. See, he may have had to look up like this to Goliath, but he has to look up like this to the Lord. And this is what David saw. David was able to see over the opposition. To envision the end result Not going around, but going right through. Say, no, no, no. My God doesn't skirt tail around you. I don't serve a God who is, who is afraid of what you're going to do to me if I keep going forward and end up meeting you, enemy. I'm going to go right through you. That's what God has called me to do. God has given me the strength The Bible says to trample on serpents. To trample, what does that mean? To go around? No way. That means walking right in the the snake pit. Walking right in the snake pit. Like Indiana Jones. (laughs) I hate snakes. God has called you church. He's called you. He's called you and I to be victorious. But it's got to all start up here. (laughs) You got to see it. If you don't see it, it's not going to happen. It doesn't happen by accident. We serve a purposeful God. Yes, Do you believe that? You serve a God with purpose. Everything he does is with purpose. So why would he expect any different from you and I? We are not accidental Christians. You didn't just accidentally give your life to Christ. You didn't just accidentally cry out to him. Your marriage didn't accidentally get better. Your kids didn't accidentally go to college. You didn't accidentally get that promotion at your job. You didn't accidentally pray for someone and you saw a healing in their life. (laughs) It's purpose. It happened on purpose, why? Because we serve a God of purpose. And you need to purpose in your life that you are gonna set your mind to have a champion's attitude. I'm gonna close with this, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-seven. Paul says these words, he says, but thank God. Someone say thank God. Oh, you need to shout it, thank God. There we go. He says he gives us victory over sin, hallelujah not only sin, he says he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because we serve a champion, amen. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.